to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians. As I've said so many times already, this is an incredible letter that just reminds us so clearly of the gospel. And as Paul works through his ministry of the gospel, it also, as we're going to see today, instructs us in gospel ministry. So let's jump right in. Let me pray for us. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you strengthen us and encourage us. We thank you that great men of the faith, great men filled with the Spirit like Paul have gone before us and that led by your Spirit, they have written inspired works that are the word of God that instruct us and remind us of what is true. Father, we pray that as we look at this verse today and think about what it says to us, that you would guide us by your Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says this, For now, am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Here Paul introduces one of the other complaints about his ministry, one of the other attacks that he was having to endure in his ministry, and that attack, that accusation was that he was merely preaching to please man, that in one situation he would require people to do one thing, in another situation he might require people to do another thing, or in one situation he would preach one message, and in another he would preach a different message, and and what determined what you got was what would please those who were hearing or those who were in power. This is the accusation that was being made against Paul, that he was merely a charlatan, working for the approval of man, working for the support of man, and not actually engaged in serving God, not actually engaged in teaching the truth that God had given him that God has given us in his word, which Paul knew at the time as the Old Testament. So this was the accusation. Well, so he's just laid out this incredibly, you know, bold statement, this incredibly, what, what you could read it as this really bombastic statement where he said, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. In response to that very, very bold statement where, where Paul includes himself and says, even if I say something different, even if it's me, let me be accursed, he asks this rhetorical question. He's basically saying, how about now? If, if that's my position, if I'm making room for myself to be accursed, if I preach something different, does the accusation still reasonably stand that I am merely trying to please man? Of course, the obvious answer to this is, well, no, it doesn't. If he's making room for himself to be accursed, along with the angels from heaven and anybody else, if they preach something different, then either he is so utterly delusional that he thinks people aren't aware of what he's doing, which we have zero evidence that that was the case with Paul, or he is confident that he is consistently preaching the gospel wherever he goes, 
and he knows that this is merely a baseless attack trying to discredit him because people don't like what he's saying. Because it's taking away from them. Now, this is a, a common issue that Paul deals with in a number of different angles, and it's a common issue not just for ministers of the gospel, but really for all of us. In the family tables, he, he tells servants to serve not as man-pleasers, but as those who would serve Christ. We see this in Ephesians 6, 6, for instance. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, when he's dealing with his ministry and his calling, we see a similar statement. He, he writes, beginning in chapter 2, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God, who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. Though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. See, Paul was always, and anyone who is faithful to Scripture, is going to upset people. They're, they're not going to like what is said. The Bible is very, very clear about that. And so they'll come with whatever attack they can. And one of the most common attacks is simply to say, oh, well, they're just trying to please this group over here or that group over there. And the struggle is sometimes that is what happens. Sometimes it is the the powerful or the more vocal or whoever it may be that end up controlling the message either of a minister or of ourselves as, as laymen or, or of a church. Sometimes that does actually happen. There were people in Paul's day who were professional speakers and they would go from place to place and, and they would announce whatever it was that those people wanted to hear. Paul tells us and when he's writing to Timothy that there will come a day when people simply amass teachers for themselves to, to tickle their itching ears. See, the reason Paul is having to respond to this accusation is because it was a common accusation and it was something that actually happened at times. Not as far as we know with Paul. But there is a temptation that we must admit that when we face suffering because of the gospel, when we face questions because of the gospel, when we face uh, you know, all, all kinds of, of things because of the gospel, there is an incredible temptation to start changing the message. To wonder, do I have to live by this conviction? Do I have to teach it this way? Couldn't I just say it this way and then these people might be willing to accept it? Now, we see this in all kinds of ways. The easiest thing to do with this reality is to say, yes, I do see how they do that. But we must maybe slow down a little bit. Because it's not just they that are tempted to do that. 
It's all of us. We all have the people whose respect we do not want to lose. We all have the people whose opinions we want to remain high about us. And if all of a sudden they're questioning us, we all find it incredibly tempting to bend our message to something that they might appreciate more. This is true of every single person. This is true of every single minister of the gospel, that there is this temptation. And so we must be on constant guard that we are not merely in our Christian life, in our understanding of the gospel as ministers, in our proclamation of the gospel. We must be on constant guard that we are not simply speaking to please man. Because Paul says if we do that, if we're seeking to please man, then we are no longer a servant of Christ. It's interesting how precise Paul is with his language. We, we tend to desire to leave a whole lot of gray area. But Paul, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to getting the gospel right, when it comes to compromising the gospel, when it comes to shifting from serving man to ser or serving God to serving man, when, when it comes to those kinds of issues, Paul cuts like a razor. You are either seeking to please man or you are a servant of Christ. But you can't be both. Now, this doesn't mean that we make it our goal, and some have done this, that we make it our goal simply to infuriate everyone who hears us. Now, that, that's not what Paul is saying. But he is dealing with the reality that we can, as Jesus says, only serve one master. We will either serve God or money. We will either serve God or man. We will either fear God or fear man. And Paul writes here to remind us, in my announcement of the gospel, in my being so precise with what the gospel is, in my demand that we not compromise the gospel at all, that we add nothing to it, the goal here is not to please man, but to continue to faithfully serve God. Because you can't do both. The only people that will be pleased with the right preaching of the gospel, with the clear presentation of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. The only people that will be satisfied with faithful exposition of the word of God are those the Spirit satisfies with it. Faithful teaching of God's word will never satisfy our flesh. That's why Paul says, if I'm serving man, then I'm no longer serving Christ. Might we learn to be satisfied with serving Jesus and him alone, come what may. In Christ's name, amen. Mm -hmm.